Hello and welcome to Running With Problems. I'm Miranda. And I'm John Eisen. This is a podcast about uh, running, advice, relationships, trauma, problems, in the intersection thereof. Yes. Today we have an excellent guest, a friend of mine from Milestone Running, which you may remember from one of our earlier podcasts with Leanna Christopher. And our guest today is... Ian Schaff. Yes. Who's currently located in Dallas, Texas, and he relocated at a similar time as Miranda over from San Diego. Uh, but to a different place. And he had an interesting time building a community. And uh, we had a great time talking with Ian about his uh, various exploits on the trails, his uh, amazing bike trip across the United States, and his difficulties and, and successes in building a community right in his neighborhood in Dallas. I hope you all love Ian as much as I do. I find him to be an exceptional conversationalist. He's really deep and, and introspective, and um, you can ask him one question, and he'll just go on for literally an hour, and I find this to be true in our friendship, and um, I'm super excited to share Ian with you all. Yeah. Uh, before we kick it off, uh, just a quick... Uh, a few, a little checklist, I guess, are our, our, our chores, right? We are, music is done by Matt Beer. Um, he's on SoundCloud. Go follow him. He, uh, links in the show notes. Um, in this podcast, we, we do mention the Oak Cliff Run Crew. Uh, link will be in the show notes as well. And... Um, if we do have a few reviews, I think we do, we have five reviews, very exciting. We have almost as many reviews as we have episodes. (laughs) So please rate and review us if you're interested in us next week. We're only if you want to give us a five star though. I don't want to break our record. So if you, you want to give us a 4.5, just don't bother. Wow. That's a little rude. (laughs) Uh, I would say give us. The review stars that you feel most comfortable with. We are just happy to have your thoughts publicly shared. (laughs) Next week or or next time we record. Actually, we're recording next week for sure. um, We will try and read a review on the air. I know this is a thing that podcasts do, so so I'm bringing this up. This is the first time I mentioned it to Miranda, so I'm just looking at her face to see if this is a good idea. We may or may not read a review on the air next week. I haven't uh, even read them, so yeah, I, I hesitate to commit to this, but oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, one of us is going to have to get over our fear of public <laughs> rejection. Uh, yeah, is there any other housekeeping business? Um, yes, if you would like any advice from these incredible guests we're bringing in, um, go ahead and write to us at runningwithproblems.run. We would podcast at runningwithproblems.run. Oh my God, we never get that right. We'll put that in the show notes. Yes, emails <laughs> in the show notes. Write to us, and we'd love to answer your questions. I'm actually going to source a question this weekend from a friend of mine who is experiencing some running fatigue for our upcoming guest next week, yeah. who I'm super excited about. He wrote an article about running fatigue. Yeah, and overtraining syndrome. So if mm-hmm. you have any questions about OTS or running fatigue or other kinds of problems, um, please send them in podcast at runningwithproblems.run or DM me uh, on Instagram, mildly underscore athletic. Um, All right. Without further ado, let's kick off the episode. All right. Hi, Ian, and welcome to Running With Problems. Hey, Miranda. Hey, John. Howdy. Nice to meet you. So nice we usually open up our podcast with a few general questions about you and your experience as a runner. Okay. So I, like, I like to hear about how did you become a runner? Wow. Um, <laughs> I don't even much, know this story. We know each much, other for the listeners, but I don't know the story. Yeah. How much time do you got? Um, <laughs> how did I be- well, you have a run to get in, so that's true. 
I would. I, I did a track workout this morning, so I'm all. I'm all done with running. Good for you. I'm here in <laughs> Dallas where it's 100 degrees every day, and you got to get it at like 5 a.m. or 8 p.m. So, no. Uh, how did I become a runner? Well, I never ran competitively in high. I was a soccer jock, as they say. And then I went to college in Buffalo, New York, and drank a lot of beer and ate a lot of chicken wings. And then I was not healthy. And I was like, let me try this cardio thing. And then, honestly, the first race, there's a uh, the longest consecutively held race in America, the Buffalo, New York YMCA Turkey Trot. They've been doing it for like 135 straight years or something. But it's a huge party. Something like that. It's... It's kind of, you know, it's one of those rain, snow, whatever. They throw the race and it's like, it's a weird distance. It's like five miles, but that was kind of my first race. And then, um, I don't know. Uh, I have a tendency to, you know, abide by my commitments when I make them at like two in the morning at a bar. And then it was kind of like, somebody asked me to run the Buffalo half marathon. I was like, all right, let's do it. You know, and I just kind of like trained for that. Uh, and then the rest, as they say, I just always caught that itch. And I think, I guess I became a runner. I'm going to quote Haruki Murakami on this one, right? Yeah. Have you, have you read oh, his yeah. book? What I talk what, about when I talk, I talk about running? About when I talk about running, I, it's on my shelf and it still hasn't been read. Have you read it? I have not. I highly recommend. Well, it's good. It's not like the greatest book on running, but he has this line where he used to like run a jazz club in Tokyo. Um, if not Tokyo, just a part of a large city in Japan. And he's like, yeah, I mean, I used to drink a lot and smoke cigarettes a lot. And if I didn't do that, if I, if I didn't run, I would probably do those things. And that's kind of why I stuck with running. Cause otherwise I was in a blue collar town and hanging out with rock and rollers and drinking a lot of beer and ripping cigs. <laughs> and uh, now you dabbled in ultra running. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, I did that. I did that. I don't know. I know, John, you're a much more avid yeah, ultra I, runner. I do a few here and there. Yeah. I do a lot. I, I, I'm underselling. Sorry. It's my passion. I do a lot. Yeah. I uh, I chased some big waves for a moment. I loved it. Um, ultimately doing a 100 miler in the Antelope Canyons, and that was a wonderful you, race. You did Antelope Canyon? I did. Okay. I did. Yeah. That, that six laps around Page, Arizona, you got all six of those? Got all six, yeah. I um, only did three. I quit at 70 on that race. It's a, I had a great support crew uh, that probably kept me awake. And, uh, you know, I mean, Trails Ultra Stories, those, those are, that. that's a two-hour podcast. But <laughs> I mean, every, every hundred miler is basically a full life, so it takes a while to explain. Yeah, um, but it was, I did all six laps. Um, I'm, I have no desire to do another hundred. Um, I've crewed another hundred miler, which that was a wild experience. Um, oh, who did you I, crew? I had two friends here in Dallas <gasps> who, there was the Rocky Raccoon hundred miler. Ah, Rocky Raccoon. Now that's a historical. That's yeah, and it was wild. I bet you both would be really like, uh, amazed in that I guess I was blown away by it was sponsored by Hoka mm -hmm. and it was kind of like shocking to me just because I uh, I identify as kind of a dirtbag trail runner in my heart of hearts and I love like weird races and I love like going out in a field of like a hundred people maybe you know and this was pretty large scale and it just kind of mm. it was just a little like wild to me to see like yeah Rocky's huge Rocky's huge. That's a, that's a big one. And I just kind of had never experienced that in the ultra trail scene. Um, but, uh, but I had two friends run it. It was, did really you pace wild. as well, Ian? I did. Uh, this is, a, this is a long, I'll keep it short, but I, it's we don't five, have to get to any of the questions I had on the list. So if, <laughs> if you want to go into depth, I mean, go for it. A podcast where we just talk about ultra running is, I mean, that's my podcast. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> it was, and I've, I've crewed one other ultra was Alex Secularios. He did the mm -hmm. PCT or no, what, what is that one? It's a hundred K, but I, uh, Quimaca. 
The Kuyamaka, yeah. yeah. And I got him for like the last 15 miles of his run or whatever. And that like that guy's a pro. That guy's awesome. Like whatever. Like, you know. The hundred miler He was probably still moving. He, well. That's a funny uh he was dead. <laughs> dead, dead. Cause it was a hot day. Uh, and then, you know, I just kept him moving, kept him moving. We jogged for like five plus miles, whatever, whatever. And then I always love telling this story because like two miles left, he is like bonked. He's like laying down. I was like, hey, man. And I just oh, like, yeah. I kind of was like, Alex, I, I don't know where we are. I need you to get me home. Like I need, and he got up and he like, and he's like, let's run sub sevens. And he takes off and like, just like, <laughs> just he sprints through the finish line. Like I couldn't keep up with him the last like mile and a half. Like I couldn't, I'm like, cr- like embarrassed because the guy <laughs> just like takes off like a rocket, like third wind, whatever. But the, the other hundred mile that I crewed, uh, it was kind of a couple friends here and like, sadly, both DNFs. Oh, but- no. One got 75 miles, the other 80, which is not anything to be like, like, you know, those this are, is those are big distances, huge distances, both, um, one pretty legit, serious injury, um, kind of knee hip stuff that like, she's one of the most badass, like hardcore trail people I know. And I saw her, like, she looked like she got shot in the back of the leg. <laughs> yeah. So like, <laughs> If she's limping, cool. like like she's summited Pico de Orozaba in Mexico, like she has done hardcore stuff. She's won. She I think she won the fifty miler last year. So like when I saw her, this wasn't one of like she had to get medical tent, um, pretty bad. Oh. And then he he kind of that was so they're they're, they're like a partnership. Oh, and I see. Oh, this they is were interesting. Together, and you were was crewing it their first. Oh, so oh. We're yeah kind of yeah so one of the more fascinating moments i had was like and i make a living as a mediator was that yeah. conflict where he i think physically he could have kept going but when she went um. down and she was like she's the better runner you know not to be like whatever but like she's the more experienced runner and he just kind of mentally was like i'm done you know like i'm done and everybody at the tent was like hey man keep going keep going and I kind of, and they kind of have then the argument of like, and it's of course like one in the morning and you're in the middle of the woods, you know, right. it's like, she's feeling guilty. And I'm like, all right, man, like, Hey, just, she's got to get back to the start finish, which is mile 80 regardless. So let's just meet her there. And I'm trying to like trick him into like, keep moving, keep moving. And we do and that. Only, like This is a race with essentially five 20 mile laps. There's exactly. sli- slightly off from that, but it's. So he just got to get to 80 and then get out of the camp and he would finish the race. Exactly. Basically, I'm like, let's get you to 80 and get one more loop. What else could, you know, and we just do that. And you've probably both been there. Then it, but like we do that five mile death march at 1 a.m. And I'm like, hey, man, you think you could jog? He's like, nope. You know, I was like, all right, do you want to like just try jogging a little bit? And he's just like, no. He was completely shut down. And I I tried every trick in the book to like, do you want to keep going? And he's like, you couldn't pay me a million dollars to keep going right now. I was like, oh. all right, like, dude, this is your rice. This is your life. And he, he walked away at 80 and I was like, Hey man, nothing to both of them. Like, but then it's a weird one. Cause now it's like two in the morning and we drove there from Dallas and I didn't anticipate this moment where I'm like, I guess we drive home now. Like, I don't <laughs> know. Like, so I drove like three hours in the middle of the night, like grabbing coffee at every gas station. And like, so, yeah. So I have a question for you. I recently, had this experience where I was pacing someone at the end of a 50 miler yeah, and I did like the last 17 and he was moving very slow. Just a couple weeks ago. And in my head during that time, I was like, wow, as a pacer, you really have to bank a lot of patience points before you go into this experience. Yeah you need to like take care of yourself like the week leading up to it. So you have a lot of patience for that moment in that time. Did you experience that? You know, and and what race was this? This was a human potential running series, 50 miler. Sheep mountain 50. Yeah. Sheep mountain 50. Yes. Uh, Fair play, Colorado. Fair play, Colorado. Well, big shout out. Fair play, Colorado. And, uh, (laughs) 
to your question about patience points, to me, and I almost will, I almost will get emotional on your podcast right now, like why I said like dirtbag trail runners are my people. It's like that community of volunteers, of pacers or whatever, like it's the great, to me, it's like the best, because if you've been paced, if you've been crewed, just to be able to give back a little bit, like, you know, I'll, I'll suck fest for hours just because I know how many other people have been there for me through the middle of the night. So, um, mm. you know, admittedly in this particular moment, I was like, yo, dude, it's like 38 degrees out right now. Like I am very cold. And like, this is dangerous hypothermia. Like, uh, but you know, I mean, it's the little like opportunity I think you can give back. And that's what I kept reminding myself. It does like, it's hard, but, um, it wasn't as difficult maybe, if it was a different race or a different environment, I, I kind of like all these people are you know, sacrificing a lot for these because it's not the glorious maybe road race of like a you know like it's not the glitz and the glamour. So no, yeah. most of trail running is far away from that. Yeah, I mean, most of the trail running isn't winning. Most of trail running is somewhere in the mid pack when no one cares. When your parents will tell you good job if you quit, and there's just no reason to continue other than you really want it. And it's dirty and it's grimy and it, it's kind of slow. But those post-race beers are just... <laughs> yeah, they're, they're pretty good. Yeah, and I think, I don't know. Personally, I think I gravitated towards it. Because, you know, I mean, maybe everyone's different. I was kind of like going through life transition, emotional stuff. And like I was like, I'm going to go run in the woods for four hours and that is a great saturday and like i think i don't know but yeah it's 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 grimy it's dirty it's i love it you, so you mind so you said that it was during a life transition did you was there a reason that you thought that going longer was the answer um and there was there something at the end of that that made you say that it's not the answer a great question um for me, I just kind of always, um, I remember the first marathon, uh, you know, you in kind of preparation for this, I guess I went through my history as a runner. I don't know if you know this, Miranda. My first marathon was in 2013 uh, in Beijing on the Great Wall. I ran the Great Wall. I marathon. did not know wow. that. I was living overseas. I was fortunate enough to be living overseas. So I was able to register as kind of a host country national. Um, at like a normal race registration fee versus those vacation race packages of like two thousand dollars. I was like, I got in for like a hundred bucks kind of thing. Oh and, my what right. Once in a lifetime thing. It's a crazy yeah. race. Had a really, really good buddy kind of drunk on Thanksgiving. Like he had done it the year before. I was like, yo, dude, I'll do that half. He's like, I'll only do it again if you do the full with me. I was like, all right, you know, and I did. And I remember getting emotional at like mile 22, like, all right, this is gonna happen. Like in Nine months earlier, that was this concept that, like, I couldn't do a marathon, you know? And then, you know, first 50K was in Philly. And, you know, the 50K is, like, an easy, like, eh, you know, that's a nice little jump. But but then the 50-miler, I kind of just kept chasing, like, could I? Is this really pushing my own personal limits that I didn't think possible? So that's where I did a 50-miler in Oregon with Greg, Secret Beach Race, awesome race. Oh, Secret um, Beach. That's a great race. Oh, it was incredible. It was incredible. One of my favorite race experiences. Oh, still like incredible experience. And it was this itch that I always wondered. And they always say, do that, which you're most afraid to do. And I will never forget being in San Diego with Kyle Conrad and probably Greg grabbing breakfast. And like, I had like open tabs. I had those open tabs for like six months. Like, nah. Nah, and then finally biting the bullet and registering for the hundred, and 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 yeah, and yeah, I think for some people they get addicted to it. I, again, I I don't think I'll ever run another hundred. I would do like another fifty mile or fifty k, fifty mile. Mm -hmm. I, I definitely depending on the race, hundred percent do that again. The hundred, just like different breed, different breed of people out there. So I, I respect y'all, but I'm like, <laughs> I'm good, I'm good. I pissed myself. I probably like you know like vomited <laughs> a little bit. You know, like all those, like, yeah, I mean, like, I was delirious. I had, like, you lost do get better at it. Yeah. 
Now you just did, didn't did. you just do the Barkley? I mean, I'm sure this comes up. I, on every I did, podcast. I did. Congratulations! Oh, yeah, yeah. It isn't a running with problems podcast unless I casually mention the Barkley. No, I was um, just talking to somebody about it, man. Like that's that's like, yeah. I was I, that, I was very lucky. I convinced an old man in Tennessee to let me run a stupid race. Um, but yeah, if it's been a dream of mine, and I was able to accomplish that dream through persistence, and yeah, it's it's pretty good. Um, I'm pretty happy about yeah, it. Yeah, that's. Uh, I, I want to go back, but we'll see how long that takes. Yeah, I was uh, talking to like uh, this one fitness guy of mine. And we were talking about you know ultras, and I was like, I'm kind of in this world where like if it's a weird race, like I'm still intrigued. That would like get <laughs> me out. And I was like, Barkley's kind of like buggy list. Like if I got if I can get Barkley, like yeah, I'll try that. But like <laughs> so that is a huge one. So congratulations. Oh. Yeah, you kind of Barclays really hard. Barclays yeah. Barclays worth the all the, everything anybody says about it. It's yeah. worth it. It's it's um it's extremely difficult. At like what point did you see the devil? Uh. <laughs> I mean, when you're redlining the first climb, just trying to keep up with everyone. Yeah, maybe five minutes in. Yeah, but, okay. that's a good that's a good early early introduction. I feel like I feel like I really fucked up the first day, um, but the first night I I did really well. So nice. I kind of started off really poorly and never recovered until after the first loop. Like my whole first loop, I have so many regrets from navigation errors to just men- mentality uh, yeah. was just off. You know, I was maybe a bit, I was definitely a bit burnt out coming in, and because I trained so hard, and then. Yeah, and then I, I just I fucked up nutrition. I fucked up so many things. Um, but I kept going and I kept going. And then eventually, after I was able to recover during the interlupal, which was a crazy long interlupal, um, <laughs> uh, my whole my whole second loop was really really good, um, nice. really consistent, really excellently navigated. Uh, most of it navigated solo because I had studied the course so much, and so I I think I did really. So I like to think that I like my whole first loop was terrible and my second loop was really good. Um, and I, I, DNF, I DNF'd by, oh, what, uh, 110 minutes. Okay. And my, my interloopal time was 95 minutes. So um, yeah. maybe maybe, the, maybe you could see a correlation there between those two times. Uh, so it'd yeah. be nice to go back and try and get a fun run um, nice. or, or further. We'll see. Yeah. Well, Ian, you mentioned a few people that I want to go back to, you mentioned uh, Kyle and Greg. And so for our listeners, Ian and I met as part of Milestone Running, which um, the listeners have been introduced to if they've been along this journey with us. They've been introduced to Leanna, and we talked a bit about Milestone, and Greg is the founder slash leader of Milestone Running. I'd love to know what community you're a part of now that you're in Dallas. Oh, great question. Yeah, so yeah, so I moved to Dallas three years ago, probably around the same time you moved to Colorado. Yep, we moved at the same time. We were going on a similar 2020, moving, leaving our communities, leaving our people. When you say three years ago, you got to specify, are we talking pre-March or post-March? Uh, post-March so mm-hmm. okay so in in the pandemic yeah like July late July 2020 it was weird um we were like weeks weeks apart from moving yeah okay. and in the um, strange year I was a quasi-digital nomad a little bit I was back in San Diego probably like three months at that time and um did a lot of road trips in Mataco to like the south just like a lot of camping hiking trail running trips it was great i was very lonely um but uh yeah so with regard to the running community it was an abrupt adjustment for me coming here because trail running's not really existent uh there are some trails but it's not like the paradise of colorado the pacific northwest or southern california and a wise person once said to me, adapt or perish. And I said, all right, well, I guess I'll buy some road shoes. And and I used to be, a, I used to live in Philly and I was like a city runner. And uh, mm-hmm. I found myself reconnecting with just urban running. Um, but that was probably after a full year of me being here. 
And I went to a couple like running groups and for like a variety of reasons, just either like the infrequency of meeting up or the timing or scheduling. Basically, um, yeah, I met a couple people in the neighborhood and they had all dreamed or I had goals of starting up a running crew. And we started one in my current neighborhood, Oak Cliff. So Oak Cliff is just south of downtown Dallas. Um, but we started this about two years ago, and I kind of, kind of like built my own running community here with some friends. That's grown. Into I love cool. that. And, and again, there are some great communities here um, that you know that I've met. Uh, but that's been the primary, though, for the most part. How how is building your own community? Has it uh, has it grown much? Just from the core members. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a fun project that uh good lessons on just consistency keep at it the first year was definitely like you know it felt they they sometimes also suggest like you know approach things like a punk rock band of like everything's diy make your own posters make your own recording whatever like we had no money let's just do this a lot of mistakes a lot of mistakes either start time location etc and yeah probably six to nine like Probably six months into it, it was still like maybe five to ten people like, what are we doing? And a lot of like, why are we still doing this? Like, <laughs> just kept at it, kept at it, kept at it. Um, and this, you know, ironically enough, this past summer we've seen huge growth and we didn't anticipate it at all. But it because the temperatures have been like dangerous heat warnings. Yeah. And <laughs> we just kept we always had the philosophy like we won't cancel a run unless not for temperature, but for, uh, there's been a couple of tornado warnings that were like, all right, like the sirens are going off, but we've always kept showing up. Even when it was 10 degrees in Dallas, even when it was 110 degrees, we kept showing up, obviously encouraging folks be safe. But like last week we had Hoka come out we had about 85 people out on a Thursday and it's been this like wow. kind of averaging like 60 people all summer, which has been awesome coming from like a year oh, earlier. So big. Yeah. Which didn't anticipate it. Definitely exceeding expectations. And in Boulder, the largest day for our groups are like thirty-five. Nice, nice. No, that's. I mean, we always kind of said like, don't chase the numbers. I think you want to like a twenty-five, thirty-five is a great like. That's a that's a number where attrition or you're not you know you have a base that because yeah. we would we were struggling yeah. for a while like with like fifteen people and then like well Dylan moved to Fort Collins by the way. And like, all right, and like Dylan's, you know, a couple people that are friends with Dylan are coming here. We're like, it's not gonna survive. But now, once you hit like the thirty-ish, that's gonna be a consistent group. So great, yeah. And especially, oh, I was just gonna say, especially surviving the times when people don't run, right? Like middle of summer, maybe or dead of winter, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. there's a lot of. I mean, I, your winters are pretty nice down there in Dallas, but our winters are. Are, can be difficult and uh like that that those that 25 35 that's in the fall because it'll drop to 10 oh we drop to five when it gets in like single digits we're like Very. five people holding strong when it when it's when it's actively snowing there's a foot of fresh snow on the ground and it's five to ten degrees out yeah i mean there's only a few of us but that most of the time it's all right sponsor, you know yeah right <laughs> where now are yeah. you are you doing trails? Are you doing, I mean, trail running? Oh, uh, yeah, we're pretty much, all, all of our groups are trail. Well, I guess we do Robert's Run on the path, but um, all of our groups are trail running groups that we nice. are actively a part of. But there are Except plenty for of a track tra- club. I go to track club. Yes. And there's nice. plenty of road groups in Boulder as well. I mean, obviously, yeah. people like to run here. How many yeah. do you, is there, I guess, is there a, a surplus of running groups there in Boulder? I mean, I feel oh, like Oh, there's Boulder's too many. Yeah. Like when people come here, I give them the speech of here's all the running groups you can join and I'll just list the trail ones and there'll be a run every day of the week. Yeah. Well, um, I guess I don't know a Sunday run, but well, there's Church of the Holy Trail run. Never mind. I do know a Sunday run. Do you ever do either of you ever feel like have as hosts of a running group, like, you know, obligations or guilt or pressure to go and support this is the a other great question. Oh, pressure to go and support the other trail runs? Yeah. Or the other group runs? Oh. Or the obligation? or Mm. It's interesting. Mm, I don't know about obligation. Um, I want to. 
I, I, I want to go to all of them. So maybe sometimes it's the, the chore of like, which one do I choose today? Because like yeah. Wednesday mornings, for example, there are two run groups that I usually want to go to. Like and so many Wednesday run groups. I like it when they split up and one is in the evening and the other is in the morning because then I can just go to both. What's the name of that weird one that we heard about? The unrun or the soft run? Oh, yeah. Soft run. Soft, soft hour. Soft hour. Yes. Soft hour. That's a unique it, name. It's another trail running. Or I guess it's a path running group in Boulder that on Wednesday mornings to run softly. I don't know what that means. I've never attended. I would like to at some point. Yeah. I mean, I think there are people who just like they find their group and then they, they're within that group. I mean, they almost like have like, like I'm a loyalty. A, yeah. Loyalty and identification with that group. And then there are people that I think just try to attend a bunch of things. And yeah. um, we have a couple core memberships, but um, you know, I, I try to attend a few of the other groups and try to at least connect with other people around. It's nice to just talk to other people in the community. Boulder's not big. I mean, it's definitely not as big as Dallas. So like if I want to go attend another run, I'm max I'm driving is 15 minutes. Oh, nice. So. Nice. Yeah. So Ian, what is the vibe of your group? The vibe? Yeah. I don't know how to answer that. Um, you know, that's, that's a hard question to answer. Um, <laughs> huh. I'm I'm pausing because I you know when you when you found something as a group, um, there's different personalities that each person brings to the table. Um, <laughs> yeah. Some of my co-founders are much more into like fashion or uh, like streetwear, and that's not really you know, me per se, but I also hate doing anything related to social media. So they let me just ah. like be the host at Run Crew. Ah. And so um, it's, there's sometimes there's like the old Instagram versus reality where um, we do, right now we have a Thursday social run and a Sunday long run. And, ah. um, and it's been going well because the BMW marathon, half marathon in Dallas is about 15 or 14 weeks away now. So Oh, so you're working up to that. Yeah, so it's been cool where I'd say, I guess the vibe of the group Thursdays are definitely social and it's very, you know, every a lot very often you throw around like the the adjectives of like inclusivity and whatnot. And mm -hmm. but it's a very, very broad spectrum of runners. Like we have some serious people who can throw down there's like a pack of five that are like like literally i mean the one guy just moved to colorado but he runs like a 220 marathon like something like oh. what like yeah like wait what you know okay so okay. he's uh we we have some real like fast people um there's a lot of people that are just like getting their 5k in or whatever the weekly thing but we, we've done a really, we've very much emphasized if you want to walk, whatever phase of your life that you're coming back into, like one of our runner, like members, she had like a torn MCL and like kind of like, you know, let the fitness go by the wayside a little bit and just getting back into it. And like she comes and walks a mile each week and we're like, hey, just you're here. We support you, you know? So huge range of ages, abilities. That's the Thursday. The Sunday has obviously... Uh, drawn more people that are training they can do more endurance running that yeah that group is smaller and a little bit more your uh, like chill relaxed person who enjoys throwing down 10 miles on a Sunday morning so that's uh. um, <laughs> but it, I guess it's a very eclectic vibe <laughs> On the Thursdays. I love that. Where I'm kind of like run crew dad. Okay. And, uh, it's like, all right, everybody. You know, I play the Greg roll. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're heavily influenced by Milestone. That's that's kind of I the I love that. And how, have you had to kick anyone out of your run group yet? Whoa. You just, you're not, you <laughs> didn't prepare not me for the fastball. <laughs> just, I wasn't ready for the heat. <laughs> Um, no, I'll address that. We have not. We, 
as anything as it grows, right? Mm-hmm. We as the founders, like behind the scenes, have discussed. Look, you know, when you're inclusive, that means everybody, and even like some weirdos and what. And I hate to use that phrase, but you know, some quirky people or maybe yeah. socially awkward people. Hey, you can come. The only things is if like basically any awareness of like violence or aggressive behavior towards another group member and or like anything sexually inappropriate or making a runner uncomfortable from that ground would be the only time we'd have a conversation. Thankfully, we haven't had that. We had like, yeah, I'm not going to name names. We had like one, one woman just inform us like some guy like shot his shot <laughs> you know what i mean like uh, and and she was like hey dude no not interested doesn't have to be awkward like totally mm-hmm. she's she's a mature woman that like handled it as like patiently as possible and it hasn't been weird since so that was good um but otherwise thankfully not yet uh, but there's a there's some like you know I, I'm scanning. I'm scanning. I'm yeah, yeah. You have to keep yourself uh, vigilant. Vigilant. How about you guys? Oh, Miranda's. Um, you have a story from Milestone Past. Oh, but Ian was actually literally a part of this story. Oh, yeah. Um, as you recall, um, an individual was a bit of a stalker towards yeah. me and several other women. Yeah. Um. And I had plotted, this actually kept me very entertained during COVID, plotted to have a conversation with both Victor, who's another leader of a run group, and Greg, who is a leader of a run group that he attended. But it was very anticlimactic because once I came to Greg, which you were there when I came to Greg, Greg was like, oh yeah, he's already out. And so... It was pretty anticlimactic, all of my plotting (laughs) and concern about having this conversation, about bringing it up. But um, yeah, that was probably my only experience with um, it escalating to the point where boundaries were clearly crossed. Yeah. Yeah. It's, how did you, I guess, was there any follow-up with Greg about, you know, were there any details of how it came to fruition? Did other women bring this to his attention or other members or? Yeah, I, I know, know. I know yeah. the particular human being. I won't out right, her right. story here, but yeah, someone else had brought it to him before I did. It's strange. I mean, since we're on this topic, there <laughs> last week we had like, we got, we got, we got a guy, we got a guy that I'm always like, I do like my Larry David. <laughs> the potential <laughs> there. And, and, you know, we go out for post-run beers. Mm-hmm. And there was kind of this moment that just seemed out of ordinary, kind of like a woman or two just like abruptly walking away from him. Like, that looks like you said something inappropriate, like kind of thing. <laughs> but I, I got like, I followed up and, you know, again, I, I would put him in more of a quirky category. But as far as I know, nothing has been crossed the line or inappropriate. It's almost just like, eh, he's he's getting real close, <laughs> you know. But but just more like socially strange behavior, like kind of when you'd be yeah. at a cafeteria in yeah. high school and like, wait, what are you? But you know, again, there's some characters at other run groups that you've been to, and again, like. And you want to be open, right? Like you want to be accepting, right? Right. Like uh, there's, um, there's like a desire to like have people come and and come out of the, you know, if you're, if you're thinking like, oh man, well, I fit in here. It's like, come, we, it's an eclectic group. We got all sorts of people here. Um, And there will be certainly some friction at any gathering of adults, but um, yeah, determining when, like as a leader, it is also your responsibility to, maintain some level of security from as you said inappropriate sexual harassment or uh, other inappropriate behavior so yeah yeah we are codes of a run crew a co- run club <laughs> yeah it's kind, of, is it, it's kind of unspoken right like it should be it's like normal just like group dynamics but uh you know you know i mean the bigger you get the bigger <laughs> the bigger things get the more problems <laughs> you get like 
the more uh more more uh more nervous so are you the primary like run leader of this whole thing and like if you leave you put in subs or um yes and, and that's been like i think that's uh i think the difficult thing i've felt is that i tend to be a vocal person either hosting or co-hosting on thursdays and people deduce and automatically assume like you're the guy right and i always try my hardest to make it a point so we intentionally did this because I think a lot of groups can, in my humble opinion, live and die by a very dynamic leader. Like, uh, and mm-hmm. not going to name names, but I've seen other groups that there was a group here in Dallas that I knew the leader, um, really awesome guy, really an enthusiastic fitness guy. Like he is that person that will energize a group of a hundred people. And he stepped down from his co-leader role um and uh you kind of saw that group wither quite a bit uh, right to a point where it's almost dead and i've seen that in other places where just very dynamic leader that's great what happens when that person steps away so we've always been like all right we don't want it to be one face one voice we on thursdays we intentionally co-host so vincent and i Vincent will do introductions, welcome people. We tag team it. Um, So he's kind of like, he goes over the route review, does a little bit of like social, hey, hey, hey. And then post run and, you know, and and I'm like co-hosting with him. And then post run, I often will do race announcements. You know, uh, we do little things like I like, you know, for this, I totally co-opted Milestone. I have like stamp cards. I got pint glasses for people. You're like, you've got your X number stamp. Like, give it up for tiny routes. I don't do, you know, that's one thing that um, I don't have tiny routes. Admittedly. (laughs) Sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry for the podcast. I'm talking about tiny, tiny little laminated cards that have the route on it. (laughs) We don't. They do that at Milestone. (laughs) Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't have that. Um, But, and I'll put a pin on that. As like something to come back to, but yeah. So yeah, I will usually close out the run and announcements, raffle, you know, Great. shout outs to people. Um, usually make a bad dad joke, and so Vincent and I do that, and it's also been good because, you know, I was gone for six weeks on a bike trip, you know, and, and we have to get to that before we end this podcast. Sure, yeah, it's not running, but you know, it's endurance. Uh, but I was gone and like the other team members took up the lead and we have, and like, but Vincent, he's had other priorities and things come up in life and other people take up the burden. Um, but then, you know, Patrick, he's like our creative guy. He is a professional photographer, um, had used to work for the Cowboys to like, does a lot of freelance sports photography. And so he, in the beginning was always just like the man behind the camera taking photos of runners um, in, a, in a really helpful way of just promotion. But then he's kind of almost like got a team of guys now, like Sam Vanderforce and other people that like feeling like, oh, I'll shoot tonight or whatever. And we've had Abril, who's just a member that's been like long-term. She helps work, work the desk for us, like when we set up. And so, and we've had Haley and she really has like taken over, like she's done a good job on Sunday. So we've, we've appointed other like leaders because truthfully, it, it is a lot. Like, as you both know, like, if you're organizing this week in, week in out, like, once we got into the Sunday runs, like, I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like, I can't do both. Because, um, like, the Thursdays, I fill up a water jug. I get everything going. I get me, like, <laughs> and uh, so on the Sunday runs, we have a couple other couple other leaders. Um, we got uh, one of our members, Taylor, and this guy, Alejandro, that have helped us out tremendously. So, uh, you know, it's, we, we try to almost like make sure more people have roles so that like, yeah. I think of a, I don't want to be 50 years old showing up on Thursdays. Like I'm almost 40. Like, <laughs> like, you know, like what's the success? Like, how does this be sustainable? So it's, it's good to share the burden. Yeah. Like yeah. We, uh, <laughs> we have a local group that, um, rotates leaders every week and we just have, nice. we just keep a schedule of we right now we're at seven. And so you just lead it once every seventh week. And you do all this stuff for that uh, run, which isn't too much, but, um, you know, and that by sharing the burden, like when one person is like, I got to go, um, 
say for six weeks to bike across the U.S., like <laughs> they just fill in their spot, right? Like it's not um, not a big deal. So when you when you share roles in the runs, like you know, one person doing one role, one person doing another, like somebody could step in and like do two roles for one night, or like you know, like more people are like responsible. It spreads it out. Yeah. I like that. I like the the rotating seven. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Ian, I want to, before we let you go, we have to talk about your biking journey across the U.S. Um, Because I think it's pretty incredible how you told me. You were like, this is just a goal I had. And I didn't want to look back and regret not accomplishing this goal. Yeah. So I'd love, I just love to hear about why this goal of all goals and what was it like to complete that journey? Um, I'll try, I should set a timer right now. Cause I could we're like much like a hundred miler. <laughs> uh, yeah. Now really quick. Um, I don't know. I was like, like over 10 years ago, I saw a documentary on like the race across America, essentially <laughs> the supported road race cross country basically the tour de France, but like nonstop. I was like, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. And I got this weird seed of like, I want to ride my bike across the country. And I don't know. I mean, I love cycling. I've never raced cycling, but I would just be an urban cyclist. It's one of my favorite just joys when I'm not running. I'm happy. I'm in my happy place, you know? And so I just... I didn't want to be 75 and like, you know, I always wanted to do this. And I had obsessed about this year after year after year after year. And and I'm grateful. I have an awesome boss that didn't fire me and just was like the old ask for permission, not forgiveness on this one. Where I was like, no, I don't, I don't want to screw you over. Like I'm going to work like a maniac for the two months before and the two months after I just need to not work for six weeks. She's like, we got you. I was like, all right. <laughs> so yeah, it was just a dream. I'm grateful for the community of friends that have helped me. Um, you know, like my girlfriend was like watching my cat like five days a week. And like I had a, my other buddy, Dan, like fed my cat and all this stuff. Uh, but yeah, uh, logistically flew to San Diego, uh, bike in case. Uh, I actually rode from San Diego to Phoenix with our good friends, Colin and Ryan, our good friend, Greg crude. So the first five days were supported and thank God, because it was the most climbing and it was through the desert and we probably would have died. Like I was like, (laughs) Oh no, it's like, and, but then I was solo Phoenix. Then like the big cities were Phoenix to El Paso. I rode El Paso down along the border to Del Rio, Texas, then through Texas hill country up into Austin Austin down to New Orleans around the Gulf to Pensacola and then finished in Jacksonville. Um, That was my route um, solo for the rest of that time. Pretty wild. Um, You know, I guess it's, uh, I've, there's so many anecdotes, but it was a good experience on like any major project you might have. You kind of have to like, you just have to start eventually. And did I have all yeah. the answers in the beginning? Of course not. Fuck no. Did I like, you know, I was the first time using a bivy sack and all this stuff. I'm like, this sucks. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm yeah. not... What about your gear? Let's talk about gear. Um, I wrote so a Surly... bikepacking gear. I oh, did. Yeah. Um, so a lot of lessons learned. I originally had like the whole classic paneer setup. That's not the way to go. I learned soft bags. I had frame bag seat post bag out the back basically um way more streamlined way more lightweight handlebar roll bag for all my camping gear and i had two bags on my forks for like emergency supplies etc um what sorry what kind of bike you were about to tell me i had i have a i have a surly cross check that's kind of off camera right now but she's missing a tube right now but uh that was what i took across the country steel framed it was great um, marathon Schwalbe marathon tires, phenomenal. I only had two flats the entire time, one oh. in Phoenix and one in Pensacola. So I got really lucky on that. Uh, one accident, um, outside of Pensacola. That was funny. That was a long day. Uh, I was very tired. I rode like 110 miles that day, and I was like a mile from my hotel. And I was like, it was like sprinkling. It was drizzling for like two hours. And I was like, 
I just, I was on a bike path, hit the brake a little too hard, back tire slides out. And it was funny. Like I wasn't really hurt, but I just like, I fucked up my front wheel. My rim was all jank, jacked oh. up. But this bike shop in Pensacola fixed me up in like an hour. I was back on the road. It was like a NASCAR pit stop. But yeah, I um, that was my my gear were seat post bags, frame bags from like uh, Ovea Negra. Like what is it, Black Sheep? I think they're a Colorado-based company. Oh, yeah. They, I think so. Yeah, they're great and like crunchy hippies. Um, <laughs> that sounds like a Colorado thing. Yeah. And... Um, you know, uh, they say these types of experiences or trips, like I often said it was like the highest of the highs and the lowest of the lows, like, and I have these magical memories, like going through Texas hill country, like was verdant country, bombing hills. Like me, I was like, I had deer running beside me, like no cars. Like, I mean, it was like, I was like crying. I was like triple, double rainbow, you know, like <laughs> that type of shit. Uh, but you know, I had like these miserable, miserable moments, um, that I like, you question everything, probably like running hundred milers. Like the fuck am I doing out here? Like, I mean, um, yeah, it's a little bit more than running hundred milers when you're doing six weeks of day after day. You know, what's wild though is, and I really mean this, I think as someone who has done a lot of running, um, I would like riding, riding, cycling a hundred miles. If you have the bike fitted, right. Like you really shouldn't be like, I would, it's like almost like running five miles. Honest to goodness. I'm not exaggerating. Like I would feel once like two weeks, once like a weekend I had my sea legs and I was just cranking out like, and I had really good weather. I lucked out on weather. Mm -hmm. I timed it right. Intentionally springtime. I only got stuck in New Orleans for like a day or two due to a thunderstorm, but I was actually like, that's great. I love New Orleans. It was jazz fest. I just wandered around. And, oh my gosh. That's um, nice. I admit that like it's, and again, I'm like sprawling over the place cause there's so much to break down. But I, I remember like by week three, I hit Austin, Texas and my girlfriend drove down from Dallas to meet me in Austin. So I had like a two rest days with her ate some great food, kayaked over in Austin, like had a great non-day. And like the three-week mark was like, this is an adventure. I'm so happy. I wish I just like biked home to Dallas. But I was like, all right, all right. She's like, keep it going, keep it going. You got like two more weeks. And I ride another week East Texas into Louisiana down to New Orleans. And I wish... I wish New Orleans was on the Atlantic Ocean because I was done. Like four weeks into this, I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't give a shit. I'm like pretty disgusting. I'm just exhausted. I'm tired of eating fucking Pop-Tarts and Snickers bars. And all like, all the, yeah. you know, like candy. I don't want a peanut butter jelly. Gas station food. 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 My life. <laughs> and, and then I was just like, all right, I got, after New Orleans, I grinded so hard on the bike. I just was like, get home like i'm just like i'm done and honestly i just i probably rode 110 miles every day from new orleans to jacksonville i was just like grinding every day not really you know which i whatever i was just meant to, I, I was like i don't really i don't want to hang out in these places like i'm good no offense pensacola was cool i do rep pensacola sneaky mm -hmm. good there's awesome bay of st louis there's like random random towns that were like awesome there's a town in mississippi um, east of Biloxi, I think it's Bay of St. Louis. I forget. It was like incredible. Like it was like a Portland secret haven in the middle of Mississippi. Like what the hell is this? It was all like hippies. I was like, what? Well, this is amazing. Um, so many stories, but I'm so glad I did it. Also have no desire to ride across country again. My girlfriend's like, are you, <laughs> no. are you good? I would love to do like another four day, five day trip. Like I would definitely, I used to do some bike packing, like did some in Flagstaff, Arizona, did stuff in like Kill Country, Texas. Like I love a good three day, four day. That would be, there's some like, there's a Newfoundland, up in Newfoundland, there's like a Viking trail. Like that would be great. I have no, I don't need to be gone for a month. I'm good. I'm good. Maybe if it's a good hike. You, you got know, it out of your like, system. Um, But yeah, I mean, it was, but I think the biggest positive from that experience was truly being alone in that in that mm -hmm. like i have to problem solve and figure this out every day like there is no i mean i'm in west texas like there's no service 
I was riding along the border. There's but nothing like, in West Texas. I went to Marfa. Marfa's cool. If you haven't been, <laughs> Marfa's cool. There's some weird Texas towns, but it there's nothing really from El Paso to Del Rio. Like I'm riding like 80 miles, no service stations. Like I'm packing all my water, everything. Of like, hope I don't die today. Um, but uh, but it's it was wild just to be out out in like yeah, you have to figure this out. Don't panic. Kind of like. Cause I had my one, I had my, my one crash was right outside of Pensacola. And I had a moment where the rim was just, it was unrideable. And again, mm. I like, my knee was a little banged up. I was like, all right. And I was actually more worried. I'm like, I'm supposed to do a hundred miles a day. You know? And I was like, all right, don't panic. Ibuprofen, ice pack, go. Then like find every bike shop in Pensacola, go message them furiously on Instagram, everything. And they're like, all right, like, cause I and, I and I was at peace though too with like, I what called my that? girlfriend and I was like, well, if I made it to Pensacola, and I gotta take a train back. Like, screw it, I did it. But, but anyway, I don't know. Did you have any other questions about it? Oh yeah, what was that experience with the with the bike shop? Like, you're just Yo. like, hey, so I'm riding across the country and I need an emergency repair. So let me just say, let me just pull up. I gotta let me find the bike shop really quick. I know it's like I took a photo. Where is it? Oh no. Oh no. Oh, give me two seconds. I promise. <laughs> because I always want to say those guys, it was the greatest bike shop I've ever been in. Uh, I'm going to find it. I promise. This is not, you can edit it out. Post, post. Oh yeah, totally. Uh, Definitely ride editing. More, ride more bicycles in Pensacola. Um, oh, that's were, cute. Ride more were, bicycles. They were incredible. They are on kind of like the, the route I took is like a well-designated adventure cycling association route. Highly recommend the maps. I was pretty much off my Garmin and just going like paper maps, 90% of the ride. It was so refreshing to not have my That's Garmin nice. beep. Oh, it was magical. Um, <laughs> big shout out to adventure cycling association. And so they're on the route and they're used to people, East coast, West coast. But they knew, like, yo, you got 300 miles left, bro. They were, like, and they were just, I walked in, the guy was wearing, like, jorts, had a mullet, had a surly. He's, like, <laughs> I got you, dude. And he was just, like, <laughs> listening to, like, early 2000 punk rock. I don't know. I was, like, I got you. And they were just, like, come to the shop early. And they, they literally put everything aside, took care of my bike. They're, like, that's fucked. Here's your options. And I was, like do it like get me this rim set like whatever and he they fixed me in like 15 minutes i was back out the door like i literally like did not lose more than an hour or two of riding i just had a nice cappuccino in the morning and i was like so those guys were incredible i can't say enough about them and they were just like if you were going west maybe like we wouldn't be but like you're so close and I can't, and all, I went to a couple other like small bike shops in Austin for a tune up for the most part in Phoenix. I actually saw you, Miranda. In yeah. We went to that bike shop. Like, yeah. I visited Ian in Phoenix. It was great to catch up for a couple hours yeah, at a bike shop. So it was, <laughs> for the most part, they are like, again, almost like trail community. Like when you know what people are putting themselves through, they were like, we will oh, yeah. bend over backwards for you. So trip of a lifetime. Yeah. I'm so glad I did it. Um and uh I'm I, I can rest easily now. I don't I don't have to scratch that itch. Well, Ian, I would uh like to honor your time, but before we go, I have one final question. Sure. I'd love I'd love to hear your thoughts on the endurance community and what inspiration you draw from these communities that you've both been a part of and built. Wow. I, uh, final thoughts on the endurance community and, or, uh, like, inspiration. and what inspiration you draw from them. Cause obviously they've played a big role in your life from this adventure to your hundred miler, to being able to crew and be a part of other people's experiences. And so much so a part of your life that you created your own community when you went to Dallas. So what inspires you about this? Yeah, uh, just like kind of what John was mentioning earlier with Barkley or anything uh, or like just trail running in general when you're out in the middle of nowhere and it's like miserable and you're covered in dirt. 
it's just the will, you know, it's that like, mm-hmm. it really is that Yeah. the mind is more powerful than anything else you can imagine. Like I get emotional. I fucking break down in tears when I saw, who was that like 90 year old dude at, uh, what was it? The, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, Western States. Oh, uh, the, the, oh, the oldest finisher at Western. Oldest yeah. finisher at Western. Like every runner in that race is waiting for him and cheering him out. I'm like bawling wow. my eyes out because I'm like, that's what it's about. Is like, you could not imagine that. And this guy, you know, all these things like the, you know, I, I hate to the old cliche, like impossible is nothing. Like anything, you could, you could do anything. And I think that endurance community by and large shows me that, that I try to apply to my day-to-day life, whether you're, setting limits on your career your relationships whatever i draw from runners cyclists whatever like and you could do anything like you can totally achieve anything so i hope and i say that because it's great for me now i'm getting a little older i'm not as quick as i used to be yeah, uh, me too <laughs> and, it happens and la- and i'm happy to almost be this like i've never been a coach or anything like that but like last year in Dallas, we had uh, one of our runners, Margarita, from Colombia, you know, and, and in July, she's like, you know, I've always wanted to run a marathon. I was like, you can totally fucking do it. Like, you got this, you know? And yeah. she's like, really? And, you know, fast forward five months, we're at the Dallas Marathon. Her sister flew in from Miami. Her two friends, like, I ran the half, and then me and her, like, friends met her at mile 23, ran her in, tears streaming down her face, and we're all just like that's what this is about. Like you didn't think in July you could do this. Like, look at this. And she like, ah, just smiling ear to ear. It always gets me kind of choked up to see people do that. Like do what they thought was impossible. That's what I love about the endurance community. I love that. It's a good answer. All right. right. Thank you so much, Ian, for your time and for being a part of this podcast. Miranda, John, thank you so much for inviting me. I had a blast. Yeah. And we'll, uh, we'll plug your, your running uh, group in our show notes for anybody who's listening. If you're in the Dallas area, we'll have the, what was it? Oak Cliffs, you said? Oak Cliff Run Crew, OCRC. Oak Cliff. Yeah. Oak Cliff Run Crew. All right. Oh, thank you both. Appreciate Ciao. it. Ciao. It was great meeting you. Great chat. Mm-hmm.